What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Hey, welcome to the Thursday edition. This is Fantasy Football Today. What's going on? Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. We have uh, seven games to preview, six AFC home games, plus we threw in Monday Night Football, Cleveland at San Francisco. And uh, here are some stats. This is not my best intro, just uh, just disclaimer here. Here are some stats to consider. Keenan Allen has averaged 49 yards per game in eight career meetings against Denver. Did you know that, guys? I bet you do that. Pretty no. bad. Pretty bad, right? Yeah, I think his last game he had 100 yards and a touchdown, right? No, no. I don't think so. I think he had a touchdown. I don't know if he had 100. Uh, Frank Gore owners, if you want to start Frank Gore, the Titans have not allowed double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR to a running back yet. Uh, what else we got? What else we I, got I today? can give you a, a better stat than yes, that. Yes, please. So the Titans are averaging four and a half yards per carry this year. It's on the strength of two long runs. One was by Jordan Wilkins. Remember when Wilkins had that surprising run? And then remember in, in the Thursday night game when Leonard Fournette had negative rushing yeah. yards? And then he had a 69-yard run? Those two runs have bloated that average. Take those two away, they're averaging like 3.3 yards per carry. Yeah, I was a little bit off. He scored 33.5 fantasy points in two games against the Broncos last year. Keenan, Keenan Allen? Yeah. yeah, yeah, two games. He's, he's caught five touchdowns against the Broncos most uh, of any team he's faced. Obviously, you're looking at the AFC West teams there, but uh, 49 yards per game against the Broncos in his career is pretty interesting. They did well against... No. Uh, it's not interesting? I don't care what happened five years ago. I, I don't really care what happened career. last year. But. Uh, all right. Well, what about this year? I mean, look at what the Broncos have done to number ones. They, I think uh, Devontae Adams had a bad game and Allen Robinson had a bad game. You're just going to dismiss that, Heath? Tyrell Williams had a good game. He did. He had the best game, basically. Yeah, he had a very good game. And DJ Chark would have scored on a, a holding call, taking that away. Yeah. Chark should have had a monster game. And Keenan Allen's better than all those guys. Is he better than Devontae Adams? Yeah. I would really like to see Mike Williams no. back, though. As a football player, he absolutely no. is. I no. mean, look at their careers. It's no. Keenan Allen or easy. Devontae Adams? Yeah, Devontae, Adam, Devontae Adams has one year. Uh, he has more than one year. He had a bunch of touchdowns another year. He's better than... I'm so I, glad I didn't hear mm. he'd say that originally because I would have lost my mind if I had heard you actually say that Keenan Allen was better than Devontae Adams. He's oh, 100% MG. better football he, player. Yeah. Uh, no. he's, he's he's a better route runner, for sure. It's faster. He's got better hands. No. He's... I mean, the, I, I, I'm on Team Heath on this one. Keenan uh, Allen is a better football player than Devontae Adams. No. 
He might be I'd actually. Monte in fantasy. No, I would rather have Keenan Allen because he's playing this week. It was the uh, it was the initial shock of, of Heath saying it that really got to me. Hey, uh, why do you, why does everybody think I got ripped off in a trade yesterday? A very relevant trade. It deals with two of the biggest news items in fantasy football. Because you did get ripped off. In why the do trade. you say that? Why do you say all right? Because you gave up the best player. Well, I gave up the best player before I saw the report that he might be back next week. So well, I mean, you should have done your homework before you made the trade. It was before I made the trade before if you, the if report. You made the trade, if, if you made the trade on Tuesday, it's a different story. I made the no trade clue. on Wednesday before the news broke. I didn't know. It's not my uh, fault. I was on the Pick 6 podcast uh, taping for today, so a little behind-the-scenes look, talking to Will about this news, and he was like asking... Is it bad that I saw this news and immediately sent out a bunch of offers for Saquon Barkley, hoping people haven't seen it yet? And then the Giants fan and a host of the football podcast accepts one of the trades. This is exactly what we were talking yeah. about early, earlier is. about is it ethical, <laughs> unethical to do something like this? And you just got, uh, got unethical. He got bamboozled. Yeah. I don't think I did. You got schnookered. I don't think I did. Because look, okay, so I, I gave up Joe Mixon, I gave up Saquon Barkley and Will Fuller. For Joe Mixon and Stefan Diggs. I really don't think it's that bad of a trade, to be honest with you. I'm one in three. I need to win this week. I need this running back this week. So yeah. I have to get Joe Mixon in my lineup. I can't Could can't you have start done better? Far. I don't know if I could have done better. I have ten leagues. I can't like sit there and make trade offers in every league. You know, you all know how it is. <laughs> but he made the offer to you, right? Yeah, he made the offer to me. So didn't couldn't Good. the light bulb have gone off in your head? Oh, before I accept this offer, let me just see if anybody else that's got a winning record and a lot of depth could right. use Saquon Barkley. I don't know. I, I suppose. But I actually, I like Joe Mixon. I know he's off to a slow start, but I still like Joe Mixon. This guy was a, was a top 10 running back on draft day. I still have faith in him. I don't think this is that bad. I like Diggs better than Fuller. And then we get this weird news that Diggs misses practice for personal reasons, and maybe he's getting traded. So that was weird too. But I don't think so. All right. Yeah, I, what? It's not <laughs> such a bad trade. I mean, it's, I, I, think, I think Mixon, okay, I think, Fuller's, I think Diggs is better than Fuller. I upgraded there. And I, th- I need I a running back this week. the news. Yeah, I, I get why you made the trade, and this is what you should have done if you're one and three and you have Saquon Barkley and you need to win now. You can't wait for Saquon to come back. And before the news came out, I actually thought you got the better end of the trade chart said that you got the Thank better you. end of the Thank But you. the trade chart is changing. <laughs> and now that it looks like Saquon Barkley will be back sooner than expected, you absolutely got the worst end of the I should have asked for more. I'm not 100% I, I would sure. give it an F. No, but it's not an F. context, I think it's a solid D minus. You're the worst. I'm not 100% sure Saquon's coming back next week. I mean, come on. That would be three three weeks back when he had a six to eight week timetable. We were four talking about time Saquon table. coming back in week 12. I know. It's crazy. And it looks like Thursday he's going to be back week. way before week well, he's, 12. He's now. Week. He could play. I just think it's, it's, be good. Back next week. it's good that you did this so we can remind people one of the more important things about fantasy football. When you get a trade offer and it seems a little bit wacky and you're like, man, I love that trade offer. You should go check out the news. Maybe click the little button on the most recent news for the players and so you know what's going on. Okay, I confess I was actually driving when I got the trade <laughs> offer. And, <laughs> and you thought it was a no-brainer. It was, yeah, kind of. That means you thought it was a no-brainer and you accepted it like that. No, no, I... I didn't see if any you, news. If you knew, if you knew Barkley's coming back next week, would you have accepted the trade? Honestly, I think I would have because I can't go one and four. I can't. If I go one and four, I'm done. I'm done. Why are you done? Well, you're not done if you go I, one I and like, four and you have Saquon Barkley. I like your chances league? at one and four with Barkley better than two and three with Mixon. What's so bad about Joe Mixon? That's Mixon and Diggs. What is well, so the, bad the twi- about Mixon? 
he can be exactly if he's exactly what we thought he was coming into the year. The gap between him and Saquon Barkley is like a high end flex. You're gonna hate it when Fuller scores a monster touchdown this week. I, 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 I like Fuller more than Diggs that. this week. I I also thought about that, but all right. Anyway, um, I I guess grade the trade. I got a D minus apparently. Uh, some things to promote. The iTunes mailbag, that's on Saturday, so keep uh, putting your comments out there. We read some yesterday as well. If you missed that, it was about an hour into the show yesterday. Um, Fantasy football today, the Facebook group. We got our giveaway. You can see Heath's T-shirt. We're giving away some T-shirts, so give us your draft day pet peeve. You still have a few days to do that. Speaking of the Facebook group, Ben Schrager, our podcast producer and our social media dude, is doing a Q&A tonight in the Facebook group, and I'm doing one tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. So um, those are fun, and those are ways to get your questions answered. And within the group, you know, even if we're not doing the Q&As, you can ask questions, and uh, other people in the group will respond and help you out. And I on Fantasy Football, our radio show, Heath and Dave can talk about me behind my back this week. Uh, They are doing the show on Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius Channel 206, but on CBS Sports Radio, your local affiliate, cbssportsradio.com, whatever. 10, 10 to midnight, I on Fantasy Football, if you want to call in. It's eight five. Who who's got the number memorized? You know I do. I do. Okay, good. Eight five five. I've never known the number. <laughs> no, no clue what you're talking about. I couldn't even guess. Two one two four two two seven. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Before we get into starts and sits, and uh, our Telemordu player of the week, I did want to take a look at the most traded lists and just I want Dave and Jamie to have a little chance to talk trade on the show so you're taking a look at it now on the video at youtube.com slash fantasy football today hey stefan diggs people are ripping everybody off with stefan diggs and saquon barkley two of the three most traded players in and cbs joe Mixon Sports is top 10 oh how about that joe bixon's number nine all right so it's diggs one that's a that's kind of a weird guy to be number one sony michelle two i think it's a lot of people probably selling high after his 100 yard game mm, who would buy him <laughs> <laughs> barkley three gordon four Devontae Freeman, five. Diggs, Michelle, Barkley, Gordon Freeman. Any uh, reaction, Jamie, to the most traded list? I mean, it it, it sort of speaks to the a lot of sell high and, and a few buy low guys. You know, Josh Gordon, I think, is a, is a buy low candidate, you know, coming off of a dud game. I hope Juju Smith-Schuster is a buy low candidate, you know, that there's still a lot to like about him moving forward. And then you're probably, you know, flipping some of these guys after some interesting performances, you know, Todd Gurley, you know, if the Todd Gurley owner is just saying, I'm done with him, and he scored two touchdowns and somebody's buying, I, I can see that. Uh, LaShawn McCoy with the fact that you knew at some point that Damian Williams was going to come back, and here we are. They're probably selling him too. And then obviously Wayne Gallman should be a sell-high candidate. So get what you can for him. Nine of the 12 players on this list are running back. Those are usually the biggest currency in fantasy. And it's interesting that Melvin is top five. So people drafted Melvin Gordon. They waited for him to come back. He finally came back, and now they're trading him? Like, why wouldn't you just wait for him to come back and play? Well, I mean, there is the, the concern of uh, if Eckler continues to have a significant role, then you're not going to get the same value I get it. of Mel- Melvin Gordon or what you hope you're going to get. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, I think Dave and Jamie gave pretty different takes on Melvin Gordon. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like, Jamie was when, when the news broke, we did the emergency pod. Jamie, you were like, he's kind of a top 20 player. If there's no better time to trade him than right now, you might be able to get yeah. like a top five value. And I think Dave, you were like, now's the time to actually trade for Melvin Gordon because his value is going to yep. be at his lowest. So I feel like you guys might think differently about Melvin going forward. And then obviously I, I couldn't imagine his value being at his lowest when he's coming back and you know the risk of injury that we've seen from him. And again, they're they're not going to just completely bench Austin Eckler. So 
Um, the the excitement over a player coming back is always going to be something that drives trades because people are going to be like, oh, I want to have that guy. So that was the perfect time. And I think Melvin Gordon is going to eventually take over this backfield and be the lead back. And Anthony Lynn said as much that he wants him to be the starter. Sure, but lead back to what extent is the question I would have? Is it is it ninety ten? Is it? Oh no, chance. 20? No, no. I, I I don't even know if it'll be. I, no, I think that's that's the question that we don't know. I, I think look at it on in terms of thirty as like the one hundred. So it, last year it was nineteen nine out of twenty eight touches between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would expect it's probably sixteen twelve rest of season and that like that's going to make Melvin slightly worse than he was last year a little bit but I, I still think that that could be the floor for him and all it could take is one or two games from Eckler just being kind of okay in that part-time role for Melvin to really ramp it up and this is a team I, I don't know what the status is of Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin they might need both of these guys this week it sounds like both receivers are gonna play they, they return to practice on them that takes some pressure off these running backs then but I don't mind I don't mind trying to get um Melvin Gordon, if he can on the cheap, but if I drafted him, yeah, I want to, I want to use him, especially if I'm hurting at running back. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so that's the most traded list. You can always see that on cbsportscom slash fantasy. It is game time. It is Tully time. The player of the week presented by Tullamore do. We're going to give you some guys who we think can surprise you in week five. Heath, you're up first. Yeah. I didn't Tate. Cincinnati Bengals, number two wide receiver without John Ross, could be the number one in a given week. Great matchup against Arizona and what I expect to be a high-scoring game. 16 targets over his last two games. He's been good in limited sample size so far this year, averaging about eight yards per target. He's a borderline number two wide receiver for me this week. Jamie. I'll go start of the week. Uh, David Montgomery, you know, he's been very frustrating, and this is, I think, the, the breakout game you've been waiting for. Obviously, no Vontas perfect. He's not going to be there for the Raiders, so that takes away a key piece of what that defense has been using. And then you look at the numbers against Oakland over the last uh, two years. Um, they've had 13 times where a running back has had 14 or more carries against them. 12 times a guy has gotten either 100 total yards or a touchdown. And so while we've complained a lot about Montgomery's usage, it's obviously been frustrating how he's been getting the ball. But he has two of his last three games with 18 or more carries. And so if that trend holds where he gets his touches against this defense, I think he'll have his best game to date. So um, for those of you that have been patient, this is the time to trust. I'll go with Jack Doyle of uh, of the Colts going up against the Chiefs. I think the coaching staff in, in Indianapolis, how much can they really trust Eric Ebron now? I know he had that bang-bang play for a touchdown last week, but he also dropped three passes. Doyle had eight targets. He caught four of them. He scored. I think he can make more receptions this week as they trail against Kansas City. We've seen the Chiefs allow a lot of catches to tight ends already this year. 32 grabs on 45 targets to tight ends this season. So I think in PPR leagues, Jack Doyle is a pretty good start. And I think, guys, that if you're desperate at wide receiver this week, if you're hurting there, there are some pretty interesting players. You know, I'm not sure how much I like the Colts wide receivers if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play because in 10 home games last season, only three wide receivers scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR. Only five scored 14 or more in PPR against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just much better at home than they are on the road, but there still is obviously opportunity there. Uh, Deontay Johnson against Baltimore. He's been getting six targets two straight games, and he's been good. Auden Tate, as Heath mentioned, the San Francisco wide receivers are all widely available facing and we don't know the injury report yet on the on the uh, Browns secondary because they play Monday night but it might still be a beat up secondary and then how about Antonio Callaway you know the stat I always give about 
wide receivers against the 49ers. It's now 26 of the last 29 wide receivers with six or more targets against San Francisco. They've had 70 yards or a touchdown. So I don't know if Callaway gets six targets, but if Jarvis Landry's out, he's got a chance and something to consider. So, I, I mean, the names I gave, the Colts guys, Deontay Johnson, Auden Tate, the Niners guys, Antonio Callaway, do you have a favorite in that group? Yes. Mine is Deontay Johnson. Mine's Tate. Jamie? Yeah, I think if, if Auden Tate's on the on the table, yeah. Okay. 60-second ranking. I don't, I don't think that's, that's really close, to be honest. I'm thinking more long-term. No, I well, all right, but I was kind of making it for this week, but that's fair. Oh, okay. It would be Tate for this week, Notson, if you are if you don't need a receiver this week and you're just looking to stash somebody. Hey, by the way, just so you know, the Cardinals haven't been that bad against wide receivers. If Auden Tate played tight end, <laughs> you know. It'd be he kind of looks like a tight end. Okay, well, that's uh, good. Also, I seen him play. He's, he is a big, rangy, not speedy guy. I've got the uh, the wide receiver poll update. Keenan Allen is at fifty nine percent through eleven hundred votes. He might Devontae be. Devontae Adams at forty one percent. He might he might be fifty nine percent of people are wrong. That's amazing. <laughs> I've never seen people wrong on a Twitter poll before. Wow. You know it's so annoying the you the way you guys talk about everything I do. If I say that I that I made a trade on Twitter, it's immediately everybody's like, "Oh, you got ripped off. You suck." It's like, oh, so I never get. I found it. I found it funny. I got a uh, just a terrible trade offer from our uh, one of our producers, Andrew Bomber. Me too. And uh, what what do you <laughs> yeah, think? Careful, you might get cut off. Case Keenum and a bad receiver yeah, yeah. for a good receiver. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, Case Me Keenum too. and Tyrell Williams for Juju. Yep. And so I I just I said, how should I reply to this trade? And I got probably I don't know close to 200 responses, and I would say 50 of them were, why did Adam send you that trade? <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break here so I can regroup, and then we'll do 60-second ranking disputes, news and notes, and start previewing the games at Atlanta at Houston. That's going to be a fun one. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Andy Dalton, Devontae Freeman, David Montgomery, and a few others here on the 62nd Rankings Disputes. Dave versus Heath. Here we go. Dave, you have Dalton 17th against the, uh, against the Cardinals. And Heath, you have him 6th. Jamie's in the middle at 12th for Andy Dalton this week. Dave, the low guy on Dalton. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, Dalton's offensive line is terrible. His receiving core is beat up. They don't have any field stretchers. I know the Cardinals' defense is one of the worst in football. They will be able to put pressure on him. They actually rank top 12 in quarterback pressure so far this year. Uh, Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs will make things a little bit hard for Andy Dalton. I'm I'm nervous to go with him. I, I just can't say he's a trustworthy streamer. He's okay. There's, there are some quarterbacks out there that I would take him over, but not a ton. This game will be played while the sun is still in the sky. It will not be against an AFC North team. This is when Andy Dalton does things. Probably no one will be watching on TV, so no one will even notice. Everyone will still think he's terrible. This is when Andy Dalton does big things. The Arizona Cardinals do have a bad defense, at least 32 fantasy points to three of the four quarterbacks they've faced so far this season. And the thing that I like the most about him is 
I think Kyler Murray is going to do some good things. I've actually dropped Dalton down to seventh in my rankings now because Kyler Murray went one spot really ahead of him at six. That, yes, <laughs> all the way down to seventh. Kyler Murray up to six. I, I expect I'm kinda, the Cardinals offense to get things going against the Bengals. Keep Dalton throwing. I, I think games. I think Murray's going to have a good game. Yeah, I'm sure. I think, to think, I think Dalton too. is too. I, I think it's one of those things. Uh, Dave, you brought up a good point about the, the the pass rush, but this has been basically the same offensive line for the Bengals all season, and we saw three of. Uh, three of the first four games for Dalton, he was 18 or more fantasy points and two of those over 20, you know? So I think that's kind of like, the only thing I disagree with you, Heath is like I told you on the show yesterday is, is the ceiling for Dalton. I do think that Mixon could have some production in this game. And I don't know if it's going to be like, uh, what would you say? The Seahawks game, right? The right. 400 and, and, and two, I don't think he gets there, but I could see 300 and two. And, and I think he's kind of in that 10 to 12 range. Like I, I've kind of gone back and forth with him in, in, in sort of that spot. But I do think this is going to be one of Dalton's best games of the season. Well, and I've got him projected for 306 and two and a half. So whether, yeah, he, wow. has, whether he has two or three will determine whether he's a top and five. Plus the turnover. Right? I'm yeah. not, he's probably going to have one interception. I'm not sure he gets two touchdowns. He doesn't have John Ross to catch fluky passes from. And so that offensive Eifert, line is he has going Eifert this week. Well, okay. I mean, listen, Eifert could be good. Ooh, Uzama could be good. Tate could be very good. I think Tate, I think the call that you guys made on Auden Tate is pretty good. I, I, I like, I've come around on him. But I can't, I can't in good kind. Hey guys, question, Baldwin. question. What's the name of the segment that we're doing right now? Seventy-five second ranking. That's seventy. You, should, you think that you was seventy-five seconds? Put a little seconds? clock up or have a buzzer. Like, do you do you think that we don't have a clock in this room? We don't oh, are you hurrying us along? You have spent ten minutes talking about your Saquon Barkley trade, Adam. Devonte. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, let's talk about players on my team. I have Devonte Freeman. Uh, Devonte Freeman. This is Jamie versus Heath. Jamie's got him 21st in non-PPR, 15th in PPR. Heath has Devontae Freeman 28th in non-PPR and 24th in PPR. So, Jamie, you have uh, Freeman as a number two running back. Heath, more like a number three, but 24th in, in PPR. Jamie, go on Devontae yeah, I think Freeman. I, I think I dropped him a little bit so from that, so I don't think he's in the top 20. But in, in any event, um, I, I, I think what we saw last week is going to be a sign of things to come from him. You know, he's had at least four catches in every game. And so I, I, I think for, for catching every game, um, he's, you know, th this is a team that just can't run the ball right now. So I, I think that, you know, his involvement in the passing game is what I like more so than anything about what Devontae Freeman is doing. I do like him more in PPR. I worry if it's a game where Calvin Ridley gets open um, or if they try to get Calvin Ridley back involved, if he drops down. Like, I don't know if four catches is enough for Devontae Freeman when he's not rushed for 30 yards in, in th three out of four games. But we're really pretty close on Freeman. I don't think this is a huge dispute. What if it's not four catches? What if it's three catches? Because that's the number that he's had in that's the game so far this season. There's four targets. Right? And Four targets yeah. per game. And then he had nine last week because Matt Ryan was scared to death and was checking down like crazy. Uh, and in two of those four games, he's had under 20 receiving yards. I, I feel like I've got Freeman ranked too high. He's still a top 20, I think, running back for me. And I'm nervous to go with him against the Texans. I'm, I'm nervous about a lot of Falcons this week. All right, next up, we've got David Montgomery. This is Dave versus Jamie here. Uh, Heath is actually the highest on Montgomery, but Heath can't be in every rankings dispute. But, Jamie, you just talked about him. Uh, you have him 15th in non-PPR, 17th in PPR. Dave, you have him 23rd and 24th in the two formats. Jamie, David Montgomery, I don't know. If, uh, I didn't realize you were going to talk about him earlier, but if you want to just sum up your thoughts. Uh, Raiders, bad. <laughs> yeah, should get a lot of work. And as Jamie mentioned, you get more than 14 carries against the Raiders. You almost always do well. Dave, not quite as high uh, as uh, the other guys on David Montgomery. You could certainly make the case that I have him embarrassingly too low, but he has averaged 3.4 yards per carry this year. 3.5, give him credit. 
I'm, I'm looking at 3.4 right here. 200 Round yards up. on 58. Round up. <laughs> Round up. Okay. <laughs> Less than four yards per carry. He's got one touchdown, and we've seen this coaching staff get away from him before, and I don't think they really will. I don't think they can. It's Chase Daniels to. starting to. Exactly. So that's why I think that Montgomery is going to get the volume that you want, and that's always a good reason to start somebody. Can he get you 100 total yards? I'm thinking it could be a little bit hard for him to do it. I think there's a chance at it. Can he score? Yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance for that. So he's a, to me, he's a number two running back, and I think I should have him ahead of Devontae Freeman for starters. All right, how about Frank Gore? Dave versus Heath. Heath, you got Frank Gore 21st in non-PPR, 28th in PPR. Nobody's starting him in PPR, but Dave, you're not starting him in any format. You have him around 40th. So Heath, uh, 21st in non-PPR for Frank Gore, who's got three good games in a row in that format. Yeah, he's. I still think he's going to get 15 to 20 touches. I still think he's probably going to average three and a half to four yards per carry. He's probably going to end up around 70 yards, and you hope he gets into the end zone. This Titans defense is good, but they've also allowed a running back to reach 80 yards in every game this season. And if Gore's going to get that type of volume, I don't think the Titans put up a big enough number against this Buffalo defense to where Buffalo abandons the run. I still expect the volume to, to be there for him, so... He's not someone I'm excited about starting, but he's probably going to be a top 25 running back in non-PPR. And I'm not excited to start him, and that's why I'm not starting him, because Devin Singletary's back. So, yes, he might get 14 or 15 touches, even with Devin Singletary there. We've seen him do that already this year. Have we? But we have. Week, week one's the only Week one, he had 11. Week three, he had 14. Hey, he can get 14 or 15. That's what I said. No, no, no I'm, I'm saying we haven't seen Gore and Singletary, Gore getting that workload with Singletary healthy for a full game. You're right. Okay. But I, I, I think that... Because week one is the only time that they played a full game together. Okay. I think I think I got your point. Bottom line is this. I, I think that the Titans' run defense is good. I think with Matt Barkley under center, it's going to make it pretty obvious what the Titans have to do is slow down the run, almost dare Matt Barkley to... You've got a better passer now. He's not a better passer. Well, he has been in he his career, statistically. He, sure, he does. But he doesn't have as strong of an arm, and he's not as mobile as Josh Allen. Maybe he'll have fewer turnovers. Maybe not, because it's Matt Barkley. We have seen Barkley play okay at times. But I don't think that that's where the Titans aren't going to sit there shaking in their boots going, we got to stop Matt Barkley, let Frank Gore have a little room to run. They're going to shut down the run against Gore. And I don't know if he's going to get the type of volume that he needs. Last week he had 17 carries and a bunch of catches. Week before that he had 14 carries plus a bunch of catches. Week before that he had you say a bunch. Carries. He's had two in each game. All right. It's more than one. And I think that you're going to see him score and get over 100 yards each of the last three games. I think that streak stopped. All right. Very, very good, tidy segment. Let's do the injuries news and notes here. <laughs> Sam Darnold has not been cleared for contact. Josh Allen still in the concussion protocol. Gardner Minshew has a knee injury, and the Redskins do not know who their quarterback is going to be this week. Uh, of the of the three injured players, Darnold, Allen, Minshew, is Minshew the only one you're, you're expecting to play this week? Yes. Yes. All right, running back. Damian Williams practiced. Do you think he plays Sunday night against the Colts? Damian Williams. Yes. Okay, we'll preview that game. Interesting. Jamal Williams is in the concussion protocol still. Uh, so pro right now we're thinking no. Marlon Mack mispracticed. What do you think? You think he plays Sunday night, Marlon Mack? Not yet. Let's see him practice first. Devin Singletary I'm, limited By Friday practice. he might. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll always let you know the latest on the mailbag show. James Conner did not practice due to an ankle injury. Do we think uh, James Conner plays this week? Yes. Yeah. He got he hurt his ankle. He came back in the game and played on Monday. So, uh, Wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton did not practice. So right now we're thinking no. Devontae Adams mispracticed. Right now we're thinking no. Michael Gallup is reportedly set to play this week, and Gallup is only 69% owned, guys. So um, 
think do you think he's a must add? Absolutely. I did. Must add. I'm not sure if I'd want to start him this week, but must add. Flex City. Tyreek Hill practice and is not expected to play, but hasn't officially been ruled out. But Tyreek Hill's on his way back. Chris Godwin mispractice. We expect him. Tyrell Williams, we expect him. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Deshaun Jackson mispractice. Still not expecting Deshaun, right? Nope. They don't need him. Jarvis Landry, not expecting at the moment. He's in the concussion protocol. Kenny Stills may be able to play this week. If Kenny Stills plays, are you going to be less bullish on Will Fuller and increase my grade in the trade I made earlier? No. I'll be less bullish on Fuller, but your your grade's not going to change. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams was limited in practice, but as Jamie mentioned, we expect Mike Williams to play. Dontrell Inman is on IR. Christian Kirk unlikely to play this week. That's another guy I forgot about, Andy Isabella. Um, where does he rank with these sleeper-wide receivers we talked about? Andy Isabella. Way down towards yeah, the bottom. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know how much more he's going to play. No. And then I, I just find that, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this game, but no no Christian Kirk, uh, very beat-up wide receiver core for the Cardinals, and no John Ross and A.J. Green, and you guys really like the quarterbacks in this game. All right, stay tuned, stay tuned. We'll preview it. And Terry McLaurin was limited at practice. Are we going to be McLovin him this week? Who? Terry McLovin. Actually, just McLovin. Sorry, not Terry McLovin. I thought his nickname was F1. It's not F1. Like 20% of people get that reference. Everybody, except for Jamie, gets McLovin. What? Right, I don't get it. Uh, do we think he's going to play? No. Not yet, but let's let's keep an eye on the practice report. Yeah, he's facing a pretty tough opponent. He, he, may, play, he may play, and you may not know it. Why? Because the Patriots may just oh, erase okay. him. Oh, I was thinking it should be like the Saquon Barkley thing where he just didn't uh, <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> hey, if I'm driving at 1 o'clock, I won't know it. Vernon Davis has a concussion. And do we have an update on Vance McDonald? No. Okay. Some important injury news on defense. Darius Leonard was limited in practice, so it looks like he's trending in the right direction against, uh, at Kansas City. Do we have an update on the Cleveland cornerbacks? We don't, right? No, you said that already. Right. Well, I was just making sure I was right. We we don't. They haven't had an official practice. If you were going to ask us again, that could have been another ten seconds on the seventy-five second rankings debate. Denver linebacker Josie Jewell has a hamstring injury, and he is very, very important to their run defense. So keep that in mind for Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Uh, and in that same game, Melvin Ingram could miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury, and even more important to a run defense, possibly Brandon Williams for the Baltimore Ravens. He is questionable. They are not nearly as good without Brandon Williams on that defensive line. No. Yeah. All right, here we go. Atlanta's at Houston. So how do we feel about Matt Ryan this week? I know you got him top 12. Um, he's been 304 or more passing yards every game, 22 or more fantasy points in three or four games. Like him, love him. How do you feel about Matt Ryan? Like him. It's just like, though. It's not love. Yeah. Um, all the things that I thought about the Falcons in the preseason have turned out to be wrong because their defense all got hurt again. And uh, they just have to throw the ball. 40 times a game, and that's going to make Matt Ryan a fantasy starter every week. All right, fair enough. Um, Devontae Freeman, we've already talked about. We're not going to start Edo Smith, but not a bad idea to own Edo Smith. Uh, would you? So is everybody starting Montgomery over Devontae Freeman? Yeah. 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 Okay, how about Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Freeman? How would you rank them as flexes? Uh, Freeman's still over those guys, but... I'd take Sanu over Ridley and PPR. I'll go Freeman, Ridley, Sanu. 
I'm going to, I'm also going to go Freeman, Ridley, Sanu, but it's really close between Ridley and Sanu. And what I've noticed is just, it's the offensive line and Matt Ryan not having time to throw long to Ridley. Ridley's getting open. He's doing good things. I don't think health is an issue. I think it's Matt Ryan being flustered in the pocket and just getting rid of the football. And they tried, they tried last week, that. six targets last week. So. He had one long catch. It was like 21 yards long, something like that. He's basically a touchdown or bust type of receiver. Calvin Ridley? Yeah. yeah. I mean, volume's not there for him. It really wasn't volume last year, too, but he was just much more productive. It's a good matchup on paper. Houston's got a, they're allowing a 71% catch rate to opposing teams. So maybe, maybe they connect. I, I think Ridley's a flex this week, as good as it gets. So Calvin Ridley. He's had, what, six targets, ten targets, one target, and six targets in, in four games. He had only four games with more than six targets last year, and he finished with ten touchdowns. That's kind of what Jamie was saying. Um, so it just, you know, he's not scoring. He only had 93 targets last year, and he was a top-20 wide receiver. Just he has to score. Um, last well, thing, I, I would yeah. say the, the other way around. I, I didn't think he was going to match the touchdown rate from last year. That was, I, We were hoping that he would get more targets and right. more involvement, and he's just not. That's right. That's what I said yesterday with uh, with Ben, is like Hooper and Sanu are not losing targets, so that's kind of hurting the the upside, at least for Calvin Ridley, at least for a season. You know, in a given week, I guess you never know. Uh, Will Fuller or Calvin Ridley in this game? Fuller. Ooh. I, my knee-jerk reaction was to say Fuller, too, but I do have Ridley higher. I, yeah, I think I think this is a big week for Fuller. I've got Ridley higher, I, I, but I had to check it. Right. I, I get that. You know, Fuller hasn't done anything, but he's been getting some deep targets, too. He's he's kind of like Calvin Ridley in that regard. Totally. His quarterback's got an offensive line that leaks, so he doesn't have time to just sit there and set, get his feet set and chuck it long. And uh, it, it's hurt Will Fuller, but this is a bad Falcons pass defense. Losing Keanu Neal hurt, but their their corners just aren't playing well. Their pass rush isn't getting there. So I, I get where you're coming from with Fuller. I think they're both risky plays. Sure. Um, all right. So it's a see. bad week to trade Will Fuller. <laughs> well, the good news is I have Will Fuller in like three other leagues, so I, I can still root for him. Um, it, I, last thing I wanted to mention about Devontae Freeman, just that the Texans have already allowed three games of seven or more catches to running backs. And three running backs have had 40 or more receiving yards. So let's hope that continues for Freeman. That more or less covers the Falcons. Austin Hooper, uh, like or love this week? Love. You got to love. Yeah, I like him. It's a tough matchup, but I don't care. He's he's just so involved. Yeah, You, you got to buy in. They've only faced really one good tight end this year, and it's Greg Olson. And he had two catches for five yards. They did limit Jared Cook to two for 37. This is the Texans we're talking about, but he's been bad. Yeah, yeah, all right. So Hooper Hooper or or George Kittle? Kittle. Kittle. I think Kittle goes off. Okay. Hooper or Zertz? Ertz. 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 Deshaun Watson. Hooper is sixth for me. Is top four. Deshaun Watson's 2-2-4 for Jamie Dave Heath. Start Deshaun Watson. Any interest in a Houston running back? The Falcons really haven't been that bad against the run. Just the Vikings running backs have sort of uh, crushed them. Eh, Marlon Mack, Mack did pretty well, too. But anyway, any interest in Hyde or Johnson? Hyde's a good flex in non-PPR. I was thinking of him more as like a bye week replacement. You know, someone, yeah, I'm without on Johnson this week. 
for some dumb reason, I've been starting Kenyon Drake. I can go and use Carlos Hyde instead. I just hope that they keep throwing on the ball because that was just impressive last week. And yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, he had he had four catches on five targets, and it was just awesome that he turned in his six yard. <laughs> he six was yards. coming into this year the least efficient pass catching running back in the NFL over the last three years, and his average got worse last week. <laughs> okay, so that's Carlos Hyde. Uh, would you start Wayne Gallman or Carlos Hyde? Gallman. Um, Gallman. Uh, hey, I could. He's got the Vikings. You know. Doesn't mean that I love Gallman. I mean, it depends. I'll, I'll take if, him over Hyde. If Barkley plays. I'll start Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, start Hopkins. Big week for Hopkins. Monster. FanDuel week for Hopkins. Monster. Okay. Hope a- so. And I'm assuming no interest in Kiki QT. And that's it. No interest in Jordan Akins. Are we starting a DST in this game? I am not. Uh, Texans, if you're stuck. Okay. So I think that, you know, this is a this could be a pretty good week for Will Fuller in FanDuel. It's the kind of guy that might win you a week. So get in there. Get on FanDuel. If you haven't signed up, now's the perfect time. They're giving you 20 bucks for free. All you got to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up. They're going to give you, you make a $20 deposit. They give you $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. And then you say, hey, what do I do with these $5? Oh, yeah, I'm going to join the contest against Adam and Dave and Jamie and Heath and all the other FFT guys. I'm going to compete against them every week for $5, and I can win a lot of money. And I do that at FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. But first, you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, or you download the FanDuel app. And when you're there, different types of contests, different types of slates. Uh, You can really customize based on what you want to do that week and how much money you want to spend. Hey, Heath, how many contests are you going to have this week on FanDuel? I'll probably have 150 lineups. I'll I'll play in a few contests. (laughs) Just a few, 150 lineups. And uh, we'll give you lineup advice throughout the week, as, as we are already doing. So, again, please go to FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the app. Make a $20 deposit and get $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. FanDuel.com slash FFT. The Denver Broncos are at the Los Angeles Chargers. Stat of the game, Keenan Allen, who I now agree is better than Devontae Adams. Uh, I agree. He averages 49 yards per, ca- per game in eight career meetings against Denver. Um, that's we've already talked about. So I'll start with the Chargers here. And quite frankly, gosh, how did I not start the show with this? You all have Austin Eckler ranked ahead of Melvin Gordon. Explain to me why that's the case. I think it's pretty simple. He's been the one playing football for the last month, and he's been doing a really good job, whereas Melvin Gordon treated last week like it was the first week of the preseason. This week might be more like the third week of the preseason. I think you're going to see Gordon play. I think you're going to see Eckler play more, and I think he can do more. And this Denver run defense has got some really big question marks up front. So both these guys can end up doing some nice things. But I think Eckler just has more upside. And in PPR, it's obvious that he has more upside because he should catch more passes. I actually would take Gordon over him in, in non-PPR, though. It's, it's, uh, it's close, but I think the touchdown opportunities will favor Gordon. So he could have a Todd Gurley game. How many carries do you think he gets? I've proje- yeah, I've projected them both for eleven, just a complete fifty-fifty split of both the run game and the pass game, and it's a little bit of a shrug just to we don't really know what's going to happen. But Eckler would still be better in that case if they split evenly because he's been more efficient over his career with his touches. Do we have a good running back here, or do we have two eh running backs this week? Oh, you think you have two good ones? Start them both. Yeah. Over Devontae Freeman. Yeah. 
Yep. Yes. Over um, Duke Johnson. Now, okay. Well, as we get deeper into the games, we'll talk about more players. Uh, how about over the Denver running backs? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this is kind of funny. Right now, Denver allows the fourth most fantasy points to running backs and 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. A week ago, they allowed 3.5 yards per carry to running backs. Now it's 4.75. That's what happens when you give up 225 yards on 29 carries to Fournette. And uh, not, and quite a bit to uh, Rykel Armstead, too. Eight for 42. By the way, teams run a lot on Denver. Six most rushing attempts. How do you like Phillip Rivers? Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan this week? Rivers. Uh, I've got Ryan ahead of Rivers. It's not that I'm nervous about the matchup for Rivers. I just don't know if he can have huge upside if he doesn't have his full receiving core. I think this game suits up better for the running backs than it does for him. This this was a uh, a Denver pass rush that was bad before losing Bradley Chubb, and now they don't have Bradley Chubb. So Rivers should have all day to pick apart the secondary. How much will he need to? And will he have his full complement of receivers to do so? Well, I mean, again, the the two guys practice on a limited basis. They just placed Dontra Lumen on IR and didn't bring anybody else up. So I think they probably feel like they're getting those guys back. And you're also getting another pass catching back on the field, too. So as Anthony Lynn said, he may play both guys in tandem with Eckler lining up some at the slot. And I, I've got Ryan just barely ahead of Rivers now, but if I find out Mike Williams is playing, that, right. Rivers will probably be ahead of Ryan. That's where like, I'll go to. That close. Yeah, I guess, but, like, uh, like, look, sorry, let me just get this in. Because like, Aaron Rodgers scored 15 fantasy points against the Broncos. They've been very good against quarterbacks. Rodgers is really the only one I care about because uh, they face some bad ones. But they didn't get a sack in that game. So, I mean, is their secondary really that bad? Is this a good matchup? No, but it's 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 time. It, it's having time to throw. Just because they didn't get a sack doesn't mean they didn't have pressure on him. I mean, they still yeah. been they still been pressuring quarterback. Have they? They they have one very good corner who got beat for a touchdown last week, and the play got called back, and that was from Gardner Minshew throwing the football. So, look, I I like I, I would go with Rivers if his receivers are healthy, but not over the quarterbacks in the Thursday game. Wilson Goff ahead of. Rivers for me. I'd start Rivers over Goff. Oh, I'd start Rivers way over Goff. Yeah, Dave, track Dave record is Goff. awful. Uh, well, okay, so I did look at, at Rivers' track record against Denver. It has gotten better. 19 to 24 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues in three of his last four games against the Broncos. So, that I mean, it, he used to be terrible against the Broncos. Okay, moving on from that. Uh, what do you do with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, guys? Actually, I'm sorry. Let's not jump around too much. Let's stick with the Chargers. We talked about the quarterback and the running back. We're going to start... Keenan Allen, uh, is Keenan Allen top 10 this week, or do you think he could be limited by Chris yes. Harris? Top 10. Top 10. And then how do you feel about uh, Mike Williams if he plays? In that, uh, in between Fuller and Ridley. I was just going to say in the Fuller-Ridley range. Like, right in, like, I, I hope I have better options, but maybe he'll score a touchdown if I start him. I would probably put him behind those guys, because that's how I feel. Maybe he scores a touchdown if I start him. I feel like he's got the same type of floor I, as those guys. I, I will say that non-Chris Harris corners in Denver have been pretty terrible. And so it's if, been true. If, if he's able to go, he'll have a good matchup. Okay, and then would you start Mike Williams or Philip Lindsay? Lindsay. Lindsay. Same. Chargers are do. beat up on both sides of the ball, man. And their, their defense is... No Melvin Ingram is going to hurt them both in their pass rush and their run defense. Secondary is definitely beat up too. Not that that really matters for Philip Lindsay, other than if he catches the ball on the flat and you know tries to make a play, maybe he can break a tackle downfield. But I, I think Denver is going to continue to rely on them 
Yeah, he's had one good game. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they are and relying it was on the worst them. run defense that we've seen so but, far. Not r- not named Miami. They are relying on Lindsey, but they're also relying on Freeman. Their splits well, Freeman's are playing more. so even in terms of touches, though. Like it's just so even, it, it, and it's frustrating. So I mean, both of them are to me pretty uninspiring. I mean, they're flexes, but they have to score. You know. Yep. Well, in PPR they might not. They they're getting the ball thrown to them a lot. They are. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, you look at Lindsey's you look at Lindsey's game log. It's got. 10-10, the monster game against... This is PPR scoring. 10-10, the monster game against the Packers, and then terrible last week. So he's been 10 or more, 10 or less in PPR in three or four games. Yeah, he had 21 carries against the Packers. They just ran the ball a lot. And then that's a game where Freeman got a little banged up. Right. Yep, exactly. Uh, Denver wide receivers. Sanders and Sutton. What are you thinking? I think they're both okay. I agree. Hopefully. I like Sanders. Though. If Sanders is out... First off, Cortland Sutton would hopefully get a bump in targets, but you want to talk about taking a look at, at receivers. Deshaun Hamilton, if in fact Sanders is out, we saw it last year when Sanders missed the final four games of the season, Hamilton was extremely involved. And the Chargers slot corner has been the worst corner on their team this year. He's been giving up a lot of numbers. So yeah, if Sanders plays, I think he'll see some time in the slot. I don't think every snap will be there, but he'll get that matchup more than Sutton will. And Hamilton would get a lot of it. If uh, if Emmanuel Sanders does not play, but I think we're counting on Sanders playing at this point. In PPR, I would start both Broncos receivers over both Broncos running back. Yes, yes. you wouldn't do it in non PPR. I do it in non PPR too. I would start Sanders over them in non PPR. I don't know in non PPR. I I think I'd probably still rather start Lindsey. So it might go Lindsey Sanders. Yeah, I actually Sutton. like Lindsey better in PPR than I do in non PPR. Well, I do compared to other running backs, but not compared to wide receivers. Yeah, I would still take Sutton and Sanders over both Broncos back. In any format. Yeah, so we've talked about two games so far, Atlanta, Houston, and Denver, and the Chargers. And we've talked about Hopkins, Julio Jones. We didn't even mention him, but Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Keenan Allen. They're obviously must-starts. The next best wide receivers that we've talked about so far are Sanders and Sutton, right? I mean, they're obviously they're ahead of yes. Mike Williams and Sanu and Ridley. Okay, just, yep. just framing it for everybody there. Chargers, but DSD. But not Will Fuller. Don't trade Will Fuller. Uh, no, they are ahead of Will Fuller. <laughs> uh, Chargers DSD is top 10. Uh, they had four sacks in three games before getting five sacks at Miami in week four. Uh, so go ahead and tee off on Joe Flacco, please. I know a lot of people are going to be starting them. I think that's all I got. No tight ends in this game, right? Nope. No, I, I don't think you're desperate, but it's got to be Bant right. or Lance Kendricks if you're desperate, but I don't think anybody should be that desperate. Right. Go look at Ricky Seals Jones if you need somebody. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Indianapolis is at Kansas City. Stat of the game number one. This guy was on the most traded list, so let's just briefly talk not about this game, but about the future, and really this game, I guess, with Damian Williams possibly back. LaShawn McCoy has had 11 to 14 touches in each game, and he scored his touchdowns without Damian Williams. It, you know, being on the most traded list, is LaShawn McCoy a sell high? Can he really be good with only... I could be good, but can he be like must start with only 11 to 14 touches per game and Damian Williams coming back? He's absolutely a sell high. If you can get something of what you're getting the value of him now, but better, I mean, sure. Because a, they're, they're going to use multiple backs. Yep. A guy that's desperate for a running back and is loaded at wide receiver could very easily overpay for LaShawn McCoy. Or buy low on advantage. Joe Mixon. Yeah, I was going to say know, that, one, one, yes. One of the other <laughs> running backs that you thought were going to be good this season that have been struggling. You should try to package LaShawn McCoy with, like, Will Fuller. And see if you can go get Saquon Barkley. Oh, see if the guy no. doesn't know that Barkley's coming nah, back. That, yeah, a that guy that's one in three, you know, desperate for a win. 
No, that, that nobody would do that. Stat of the game number two mentioned this: ten home games last season, only three wide receivers scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR against the Chiefs. Only five scored fourteen or more, which is kind of like a number two cutoff, I think, in PPR for the uh, against the Chiefs. So they've been very good against quarterbacks. They've been very good against wide receivers at home. They've just been very. They've just been a lot better at home than on the road. And Jacoby Brissett, you guys still have as a top 13 quarterback. In fact, Dave and Heath have him top 10 without T.Y. Hilton, as we are assuming right now. So tell me why you would start Brissett without Hilton against the team that has not allowed more than 22 fantasy points to the last 10 quarterbacks they've faced in Arrowhead. To me, it's about trusting Brissett, who I think has played well. He was playing really well until last week, and... You know, the, he had five drop passes in the game, but he was also a little off target and not used to what we're seeing. And it was. He's had at least multi, at least two touchdowns in every game so far this season. I believe he's the only quarterback to have that. Over 250 yards in each of Indy's last two. The Chiefs are ninth worst in quarterback pressures, second worst in quarterback hits. They have nine sacks still, but that's middle of the pack. And Brissett's only been sacked six times. So going back to what... I'm going to give credit to Jamie. Going back to what he was saying back in the preseason after Andrew Luck retired, that offensive line matters. And Brissett's having time to throw, and he's making use of the guys that he's gotten. And they're not household names like T.Y. Hilton, but they're still putting up some decent numbers, and they're able to find ways to make plays. So I'm I'm okay with Brissett this week in a matchup where if he doesn't have Marlon Mack, I know the, t- the Colts have been running the ball and sticking with the run. I don't know how long they're going to be able to get away with that. Well, and they really haven't the last two weeks. He's thrown 83 passes in the last two games, 37 in week three against Atlanta. And last week they fell down early to Oakland, and they just almost entirely went away from the run in the second half, 46 pass attempts for Brissett. So I I think this is another situation where at least in the second half, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. Okay, Brissett or Rivers? Brissett. Rivers. Brissett. Brissett or... Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Brissett. 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 All right. That's obviously without Devontae Adams playing. Uh, Colts running backs. Very interesting stuff. This is an interesting game. I mean, for all the running backs. Let's say Damian Williams plays and Marlon Mack doesn't, which is probably what we're thinking right now. Who's the best running back in this game? LaShawn McCoy. Yep. Right. Who's yep. the second best? <laughs> Williams. Damian. Uh, are we in, what, we're in PPR? I will say Heinz. I think I would take Damian in PPR or non-PPR because of his prowess in the passing game. I just, I'm not probably going to start Damian or Daryl. I don't know what it's going to look like this week. Damian really louses this up. I would imagine. I love Daryl Williams. I, I would too. I, I would too. But Daryl was playing great in those last two games. Uh, would you be totally surprised if you saw Daryl Williams play out of Damian Williams in this game? Yes. I would be surprised if I saw him play ahead. I wouldn't be that surprised if it was the fourth quarter and he got a series when they were like they used him like they did last week. I can't he just runs the clock out for a series. I can't say I would be very surprised if that happened because Daryl Williams has been playing well the last two games. He's been very productive for fantasy owners. If Mac was out and Damian plays, I would start both Colts over Damian. Not me. Nope. Not me. I, I just I don't trust Jordan Wilkins and it's a close call in PPR between Hines and and Damian, but I'd take Damian. Yeah, I'd take Wilkins over Hines in both formats. Well, here's the thing: like Wilkins and Hines are barely owned. Wilkins is 17% owned. Hines, I think, is 27% owned. So you have an opportunity to get a starting running back 
against a team that gives up 5.8 yards per carry to running backs. And we just saw Carryon Johnson was having such a bad year, and he had a huge game. You know, everybody, Mark Ingram scored three rushing touchdowns. He was star of the week. Everybody's good against them, basically. I, I know we're, we're going to struggle, though, with, like, which guy to go with, Mac or Wilkins or Hines, because you worry about the game script. If they're trailing, it's probably going to be Hines. If they're competitive, it's going to be Wilkins. You know, I keep talking about what the quarterbacks and the wide receivers did against Kansas City and Arrowhead last year, but I looked at the running backs as well, and most of them did well. You know, like even Doug Martin had like 100 yards rushing against the Chiefs in a blowout loss for the, with the Raiders. So, um, I you know, there's the ownership percentages don't reflect the opportunity that you might have with Wilkins and Hines if you guys want to speak about that real quick. Who you like. Agreed. No, yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's also a little bit by design how Kansas City plays because they, they kind of want to lull you to sleep a little bit and let you think that you're having success running the ball, and then they just hit you with a 60-yard touchdown. So I, I think it's going to be a lot more Wilkins than Hines because you try and slow the game down against them, and they, they kind of like that. Well, and like the ownership percentages in for the Colts are just weird as a whole because – Jack Doyle's owned in half as many leagues as Eric Ebron, and we'd all rather start Jack Doyle over Eric Ebron this week. It's a great call. You can make that switch right now and feel good about it. So if Mac is out, would you start Carlos Hyde or a Colts running back? Hyde. I'd start Wilkins. I don't really like either one. I would hope that you could find somebody better, maybe trade for I would, somebody better. I'd but. start Wilkins over Hyde in non-PPR. I'd start both over Hyde in PPR. That was a that was a good Heath side that we just got there. Heath, did you hear your your latest creation? No. In the Heath side department. All right, I'll I'll pull it up for you. You can rate it. Um, okay. How, how about the the wide receivers in this game? Are we going back to Sammy Watkins? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this guy. Yes, unfortunately. Okay. And what about everyone else? Who's the second best wide receiver in this game? Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. How much I've kind of like had them? it with McCole Hardman, though. Well, like I get if you've had it with all three of these guys, you know, they've last week was just such a disappointment. Watkins had a touchdown ripped out from him. Uh, Robinson, you know what his potential is, and I just think he's more versatile of a receiver than Hardman. I, I, I'm okay going with those two. I'm, I'm not going to use Hardman. I'm going to keep him on my bench until Tyreek Hill comes back. But, you know, the expectations are still sky high here because of this offense that they're in. So, uh, compared to the Will Fuller, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley group, where is Demarcus Robinson? Uh, he'd be behind Fuller for sure in the same mix with the other two. I got him ahead of Fuller. Yeah, I love, I love the setup for Fuller. I know. I know. I've got him right behind Ridley. All right. So, but still behind the Broncos guys. Okay. And I'd, I'd actually take Zach Pascal and, and, uh, and Chester Rogers over Michael Hardman right now. Right. We got to talk about the Colts wide receivers because you like, you like Brissett enough. Yes, you do. You like Brissett. You cannot rank Brissett as a top 10 quarterback and yeah. not like the Colts you wide can. receivers. How? Well, I mean, they're, they're, in, they're in that conversation you had earlier, Adam, about guys that are available and, and, and productive. Uh, you know, they had six and seven targets, seven and eight targets, uh, last week. Pascal and Rogers. And so if he's going to, yeah. If, if he's going to throw the ball that much, they're going to continue to get involved. And Paris Campbell's banged up, so that's another guy that may not be out there as well. That opens things up for Rodgers to play exclusively in the slot. And they both that were good last week. That wouldn't be so bad because then he'd see Kyler, Kyle, or, uh, Kendall Fuller. Uh, the reason that we can rank Brissett that way is because, and I think we all would agree, a, a large percentage of their passes are going to go to Hines, to 
Ebron to Doyle. Mm -hmm. And then you don't know between the three receivers that are going to play this week, which one's going to be the best or even dominate targets. So they're all just kind of lumped there together. If there was a clear number one wide receiver. I mean, two of them had, what was it, at least six? Six and seven or seven and eight? Six. So Pascal had, Pascal. Pascal had 47, four, four catches, 72 yards on seven targets. Rodgers mm-hmm. had three catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown on six targets. So they both were right. good last So if you're week. getting six targets from these two guys, I mean, that's that's in the same boat as some of these other receivers we've been talking about. But right. line them up against the receivers that we picked up off waivers this week. They're, they're at the back of the line. I'm, exactly. Uh, I mean, I'd start them over the Jets guys who were picked up ahead of them if Sam Darnold's out. I'd start them over Michael Hardman, who's been struggling, and he's gonna. these guys are going to get more targets. I have to hurry you along just because the video portion of our show is ending. So tell me where you have Jack Doyle ranked. Uh, you, have, you have him around 10 to 12. Uh, tell me yep, who, you, yep. who, who you'd start Doyle over real quick. Delaney Walker. O.J. Howard? I've got, I've got Walker ahead of Doyle and PPR, but they're basically the same guy. I, I could be talked into Buffalo's the best Doyle over Delaney. They haven't, who have they played? Well, go back to last year. They were the best against tight ends. Uh, I'd start Doyle. I'd start Doyler over Tyler Eifert, OJ Howard. I'd start him over Jimmy Graham. I'd go Graham. I'd go Eifert. I'm, I'm sorry. I'd go Doyle over Graham and PPR. All right. On. All right, Heath. Uh, this was your original. Uh, and this was Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> Fun stuff. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got four games remaining on the audio portion. And you'll obviously see, uh, you'll see something on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Baltimore at Pittsburgh, and quick uh, quick note here that I just realized. I put the Monday Night Football game in the notes today because I didn't think there were enough AFC home games. Uh, that's because, for whatever reason, I didn't include the Cincinnati-Arizona game. So we'll be doing that one tomorrow. Sorry about that. The best that. game on the slate? <laughs> Why don't we just do it now, just because you don't have your research? Uh... We could do it today. It doesn't matter. It's not a hard one, I guess. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, stat of the game. In weeks three and four, Sammy Watkins and Odell Beckham struggled against the Ravens, but Hardman, Robinson, and Landry all scored 13 or more PPR points. Landry scored 24 in PPR. So, like, could you make a case that the number two receivers are really who to target against the Ravens? It makes sense, um, given how Marlon Humphrey has played this year. and. He, he's the reason why Odell wasn't able to have a catch completed until the fourth quarter of the game. He was sticking on him. And uh, I think he's proving to be a really good difference-making cornerback. So then based on the numbers, this would be a great juju week, right? Hmm. <laughs> because he's the number two. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the Ravens quite see it that way, but they might have to if Deontay Johnson, instead of making his big play in the second half, I, I guess in the first half. I guess I should take that back. because. If they're going to take away the best receiver, then they're going to have to, you know, stand behind the line of scrimmage and stop James Conner <laughs> on the Wildcat. Uh, who's your favorite? I, I just, that's why I think Deontay Johnson's interesting. But uh, who's your favorite running back in this game? Is it Conner or Ingram? Ingram. Still Mark Ingram. Conner. Are you starting both of them? 
Yes. Well, that depends. Is Brandon Williams playing? Well, let's say this. Let's say it's you have to make a decision between Carson and Gurley tonight or Ingram or Connor. Carson over Ingram. I, I would have Carson Ingram at the over top. Gurley. What, and Gurley the at the bottom. Format matters so much. Yeah, Carson and PPR, you can't get away from. And I'm going with I like Connor a lot more in PPR than I do. I'm sorry, that's that's well. what I meant. I meant Connor, not Carson. Yeah, um, I like Ingram over both of them in non PPR. Yeah, I mean Ingram has had two pretty disappointing games and two really good games. So what do you expect this week? <laughs> Something in the middle. I I think you have to count on him just based on what he brings to this Ravens offense. It's, it's not like, it's not like they've completely gone away from him. No, he's an important part of what they do. So he's got touchdown potential. He's got 100 total yard potential. These are the types of players that you like to start in fantasy. It's You need him to score a touchdown probably. Um, he's had his carries each week, 14, 13, 16, 12. Um, yeah, I know. I, and I'm not ready to call the Steelers' run defense suddenly great just because no, they slowed down but if Joe it's, Mixon. So you're figuring he gets 15 carries this week? I think game flow matters. I mean, you know, we yeah, we course. saw them destroy two terrible teams and struggle the last two week against two weeks against capable teams. Okay, so Ingram's a start. Uh, he's a number two running back this week. Marquise Brown, starter sit. Flex at best. Start low end starter. Still Heath, a number two receiver. Heath likes him the most. The Steelers have not allowed more than 50 yards to a wide receiver in their last two games, but none of them had more than six targets. And that was Cincinnati and San Francisco. Browns had seven or more targets in three straight games. So two games ago, Marquise Brown had a ton of deep targets. I think Lamar Jackson threw 16 deep balls and he completed three of them. The reaction to that, of course, last week was let's not throw deep at all. All of Brown's targets last week were short. None of them were deep. And I think Lamar Jackson had just four deep targets um, in week number four. So do they do they suddenly change again and say, all right, let's attack this Steelers secondary that's been playing well now the past couple of weeks, at least statistically? Or do they stick with trying to keep Lamar Jackson from turning the ball over, not making mistakes? One of his interceptions last week was on a deep ball. I, I'm, I'm wondering if they try and just keep him a little more conservative and not take as many deep shots, and that hurts Marquise Brown. And- and I'm really like the Steelers defense. I just don't feel like I know anything about them at all. I think getting Mika Fitzpatrick has made it because like against the 49ers, they were very good against wide receivers because the wide receivers only had 15 targets, but the 49ers receivers had 149 yards on those 15 targets. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Heath. It's, it's confusing, but Marquise Brown or Juju Smith Schuster. Juju. It's Juju. Juju. Mark Ingram or Juju. Ingram. Ingram. I'll tell you, I I tried to make the case against Juju and make Juju a sit this week. And if if the Steelers are going to run an offense where they're just going to dink and dunk, that that doesn't hurt Juju because so many of his plays that we've seen in the highlight reels have been catch and run plays. His His long touchdown two weeks ago was one of those plays. Yeah, he's not getting that many targets this season. Would you start... Every Rams receiver over Juju. Yes. Yeah. You need to hope that the Ravens offense scores here. Okay. And or that the Steelers open it up a little bit more. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I hope you're right, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think what they did last week, not to the same effect, not running the Wildcat, but they want to be conservative and limit Mason Rudolph. And so I don't think it's going to all of a sudden, let's give 
Juju 15 targets. But can they can they win a lot of games that way? Do you if think their defense plays there? like that? Absolutely. It, and in a game like this where, you know, the Ravens offense has been a little bit shaky. I think they can. Yeah, I'm just I there will come a point for all these teams that are using the, this gimmick type of offense where they're going to have to change and throw downfield. And if they're not ready to do so, they're going to obviously lose. And I wonder if the Steelers know that. And they're just at some point, they've got to let Rudolph throw more than seven yards downfield. Start Lamar Jackson. He's the top three quarterback. Mason Rudolph, we're sitting this week, even though the Ravens allow the third most passing yards per game in the NFL. Uh, they just don't give up a lot of touchdowns. Though. They don't, but they really suck. Again, they just they've been lucky. But he just he's thrown twenty eight and twenty seven passes in his last two games. It's hard to have a lot of faith in someone, and he doesn't throw the ball downfield. We know that. Uh, Jalen Samuels or Carlos Hyde. Hyde. Samuel. Samuels. Okay, and then that's it. Uh, oh, Mark Andrews is a top five tight end in non PPR, top seven in PPR. And that is it. If Vance McDonald plays, are you interested at all? No. No. Nah. Baltimore DST is kind of all over the place. Well, at least Dave's got him sixth, and Dave and, and Jamie and Heath don't like the Ravens DST. But we'll see. All right. Uh, Cleveland at San Francisco. Baker Mayfield, stat of the game, is on pace for 4,588 yards. But 16 touchdowns. Seven touchdowns? 16 touchdowns, 24 <laughs> interceptions. Yeah, he's like one touchdown a game, right? Uh, yeah, he's, yes, exactly. So, but he's throwing for a lot of yards. So that's usually a good sign. You guys have him 17th, 18th in your rankings. Baker Mayfield at San Francisco Monday. I mean, I hope this is the game he does something significant fantasy-wise. He's going to do it without Jarvis Landry? Oh, I'm not saying he will. I'm, I'm just hoping he does. You know, because clearly he's still owned. And a percentage of people are still starting him. So, you know... Look, we drafted him to be a top 10 quarterback for whatever you know you finished that on your rankings out with him. He was, I think, the fifth quarterback off the board. So, you know, you want to see some signs of life. Mm-hmm. Again, another, I, I don't know, I don't think it's good to play on the road on Monday Night Football against a defense that's coming off of a bye. I don't know that San Francisco's defense is good or not, but this is a, probably about as good as they are going to be, well-rested in primetime at home, I would just like to stay away from Baker. I, I thought Baker was really helped by the offensive line last week. And his line yeah, did a I, really I, good job. I think it was really helped by the Ravens' defensive line. If Brandon Williams is there, it's a different story. So, sure. Uh, I don't know about the Niners' pass defense, but I do think that they're making a pretty good case as a good, good run defense. They allow the fewest fantasy points to running backs and 3.3 yards per carry. This doesn't mean anything in your season-long leagues, you're going to start Nick Chubb. But just know, no running back has scored double-digit fantasy points in PPR against the Niners yet. Not even Ronald Jones or Joe Mixon or James Conner. But in, you know, in FanDuel, I probably won't be playing Nick Chubb because, you you know, if you're going to spend big, you want someone who has a great matchup. It's a Monday night game. Right. So but, you, you, you wouldn't put him in your, your, uh, the one-game lineup. Or but, you can, but can you MVP play spot. slates that have all the games? You can conclude. Monday. There's Monday-Thursday slates. Those exist. So anyway, I just wanted to point it out. Um, Nick Chubb does not have a good matchup, but of course you're going to start him. And you're going to start Beckham. We won't get too complicated with it. If Jarvis Landry plays, start or sit? Sit. sit. All right, he has seven more targets in every game. That's a recipe for success against the Niners. 
Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, worth a shot. If you're stuck. Deeper leagues, I think he's a good tight end if you're stuck or just to stash and see what happens. Remember, he's not a typical tight end. They use him. Teams have used him more as a wide receiver than a traditional tight end. So he's more in the Evan Ingram to Noah Fant type of mold. Right. Um, But he's well behind... Jack Doyle, Jimmy Graham, yeah, yeah. either I for yes, it's it's interesting because you know they're down to Joku and, and potentially down Landry, but they're also getting Callaway back, and who knows about Rashard Higgins? And he also just had some fortuitous plays go his yeah, way. Yeah, three right. targets. I mean, he caught all he had, of his targets. Right, one Great. target was a big deep Great ball. Job. He was wide open, and then the touchdown he was wide open because of yeah, yeah. Ravens linebacker forgot to cover him. Antonio Callaway is definitely a more interesting pickup than Ricky Seals Jones, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it depends mm-hmm. on what your team looks like. Right. Well, like I mean, who, who do you project to have? Shots? Who do you have project to have more stats, better stats? Callaway, but I, I think you know if you're never going to know the week to start Callaway, and if if Seals Jones continues to be like three for fifty, three for sixty, four for sixty, you know, in that range, because he could, that's more valuable to a PPR tight end to to a PPR league needing a tight end than Callaway's better production. I'm sorry, of the I I specifically, you're right. I specifically was talking about this week. And I just I was kind of thinking of people who play in leagues where you can start like a bunch of flexes or whatever. But uh, oh, then then Callaway. I mean, and and again, you know, you've, there's so many leagues that have three three receivers and a flex right. and PPR, or, you know, even more than that. Right, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, this is an interesting guy here. All right, he's only had one good fantasy game. It was against the Bengals. I maintain he played well against the Steelers, but only scored 11 fantasy points. Um, I picked him up because I lost faith in Andy Dalton with the John Ross injury. But Dave is the only one who ranks Garoppolo ahead of Dalton. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, you have him seventh, and Heath and Jamie have Garoppolo 14th. We all, we all know the hidden stats that are missing from Jimmy Garoppolo's box score because of touchdowns called back. The only quarterback to not have multiple touchdowns against Cleveland so far this season is Luke Falk. Mariota did it, Goff did it, Lamar Jackson. They all had good games against them. We, we don't know the status of that Browns secondary. And it's a scheme that the 49ers are familiar with because Steve Wilkes coached in that division last year. So while I, I will certainly admit that the Browns front seven is doing their part, I still don't know if that secondary is just smoke and mirroring their way through it. Well, if they get their corners back healthy this week, then it hurts Jimmy. Garoppolo. He, won't, he won't be a top 10 guy for you anymore. I don't think so. Okay. I think it makes that big of a difference. I think Denzel Ward is, is a good enough player compared to TJ Carey, who I believe has allowed three touchdowns in the last two games. So I, I, Garoppolo from, to me is, is someone who I think can get you 275 and two. Yeah, that is borderline top 10. I think he's an okay streamer. I think he's like, I, I take Dalton, but I'll, I'll go back to the same thing I said about Dalton. I just don't think there's a high ceiling here for Garoppolo unless things get fluky. Yeah, there really is. Cause he just doesn't throw very much. They run the ball right. all the time. So what the hell are we doing with the running backs for the 49ers this week? If Coleman plays, he should be the best one. Is he a start, though? I think though? Rita second and most are third. Like, are you starting Tevin Coleman? Because I have a lot of Tevin Coleman. You know, If uh, Coleman plays, I would start him as at least a flex. And you might have a hard time convincing yourself to put him in your lineup because what if he's listed as questionable for the game? Sure. Yeah, like if you have Saturday, a lot of people have two of the 49ers running backs because they either picked up Mostert or they drafted Burrito with Coleman. Then you just sort of wait it out if you need one of those guys. Uh, I'd like to plan on, if Tevin Coleman's questionable, I would like to plan on just... Um, 
not using the 49ers running back this week. Yeah, it's probably the safe plan. Unless you have Breda and Coleman and can make a decision on Monday night. I, I, I'm going to have to choose. No, well, I guess I'll start Ronald. I'm going to start Ronald Jones over Tevin Coleman, even though he's got a terrible matchup. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I, if we knew for I sure Tevin would play, I would take Tevin. If he's questionable on Sunday, I'll start Ronald Jones, yes. And remember, when Tevin yeah. did play in that whole half of football, he played a lot in the red zone, played on third downs, Got a lot of work in all different types of ways. They, right. they kind of indicated that when they said Jeff Wilson will probably be the odd man out, that Coleman will take the red zone opportunities. I hope right. he does more than that, but that he would he you know, replace Wilson as a red zone guy. Who's your favorite San Francisco wide receiver? Debo. Kittle. <laughs> Kittle is the right answer. But uh, I'll, I'll take Goodwin receiver. just on the ceiling play. I'll take Pettis, but I don't really want to use any of them. <laughs> I'll take Debo, man. Goodwin's had no more than three targets in any game. Um, I'm yeah, with but Is it going to be Debo Let's or Pettis? Because we saw Pettis take snaps away from Debo last week. He, Pettis played fewer snaps than both Goodwin and Samuel in week in week three. But um, at the end of the game, last the week three, Pettis was playing more. Ah, right, fine. I'll take Pettis. I don't care. I no, I wouldn't use any of them <laughs> no, because we Debo. don't know who's going to line up where. They had a week to evaluate, and unless we hear reports about you know somebody's going to get more work, two of them are going to play a lot, and you, you just. It's it's a guessing game as to which two will play the most. Two games left. We're going to fire through these guys. Chicago at Oakland. Um, I think we've talked enough about David Montgomery. Chase Daniel, no thanks. And Tyrell Williams, start or sit? Well, I guess we'll stick with Chicago. Allen Robinson, how much do you like Robinson this week? Must start. Start him. I think he's a great flex. Robinson or a Broncos receiver? Robinson and PPR over Sutton, close with Sanders. Okay. I think I like Robinson better than the Broncos receivers. But yeah, yeah, I, I mean, if, if, if the question was, if somebody asked us and you said Robinson, I would just sign off on that just to be consensus. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, Robinson's third best for me. I'll take the Broncos receivers. Robinson's I mean, on pace been for so no longer a consensus. <laughs> 90, he's on pace for 96 catches. How about that? But we don't know what to expect with Chase. And Daniel zero touchdowns. Here. It's a great pace. Zero touchdowns. No on Derek Carr. Try the, to la- avoid the last Josh start Jacobs. that he made with Daniel last year, he scored 12 PPR points. Didn't score again. Oh, Tariq Cohen. Start or sit? Sit. Nope. Sit. Okay, so no. Did you say I- no? I said no. Wow. Hey, how about that? Uh, the I mean, only. So this is the week. <laughs> I'd flex him over Ronald Jones if he were. The only Raider we like is Waller, right? Yes. Jacobs is a non-PPR flex. Not for me. I'm so worried that Josh Jacobs is going to have eight carries for 14 yards. Like, I'm with you. A dreadful game. I'm going to be forced, I think, to start him. But good gravy. This could be like the Minnesota game. What did he have against Minnesota? He had four fantasy points. Uh, you know, and they lost 34-14. They don't throw him the ball. I don't care what John Gruden keeps saying. Until he showed me, I can't trust it. Chicago's DST is number two overall. Start him. Buffalo at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee stinks against tight ends. Any interest in Dawson Knox? No. Uh, if Allen was playing 100%, without Allen, deeper leagues. Like, I'm starting him in one league where I'm stuck. I, didn't, I couldn't get Doyle or, or Graham off waivers. He's my third favorite. Heath, is this the lowest total of the week? I believe... What is it, 19? It is <laughs> pro- 38. Yeah, Bear, Bears uh, Raiders is 41. 38 and a half is what it currently is, and that is currently the only game below 40. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's another one that joins them shortly, but yeah. So who do we like in this game, Buffalo, Tennessee? Derrick Henry. 
Okay. Yeah. How much do you like Derrick Henry? Start him. Ingram or Henry? Ingram. I have Ingram. Hunter. I'm, I think. think I have them back to back in both formats. Henry one spot ahead. No, I've got Henry one spot ahead of Ingram. I misspoke. I about apologize. That? LeSean McCoy or Derrick Henry? Henry. Henry. McCoy. All right. Look, you, you saw what the Bills just did to the Patriots. It just It's hard to have any faith in a Tennessee wide receiver or in the passing game. Delaney Walker is about 12th overall, 10 to 12 in the in the rankings. And uh, which DST, excuse me, do you like better? Titans. Titans. Cool. Good show, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Wait, wait, you've got that Bengals game. Got to go by. You got to do the Bengals game. No, we can't. You just got to go by you. Wow. All right. Redhead, Redhead go by. Nah. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.